0: It's officially the end of week two of the NFL season, and nine teams have a goose egg in the wind column. So, who's dead in the water and who can turn it around? Welcome to the Locked On NFL Podcast. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, football fans? Welcome to the Locked On NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to those of you who listen to this show every single day. Our hashtag everydayers that love all of the different hosts that we get in here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Today is Tuesday, which means you got me, Luke Braun, at Luke Braun NFL, here with Lauren Cox at Cox Sports 1. I cover the Vikings, he covers the Bears. Both of our teams are 0-2, and we are going to talk about just how dead they are. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Um, Lauren, we are a couple of sad football fans (laughs) who have not yet experienced a win here in uh, the 2023 season. Um, but I wanted to play a little bit of a game with you. We've got nine teams that are 0-2. Uh, and last year, Ross and I so we we ripped teams. We we poured one out for the dead teams in the water. We said these teams are done, they're not gonna make the playoffs. Uh, I think the first one we did was the Bengals <laughs> after they experienced a bad loss on prime time. So that did not work out. So let's get even more reckless with it and start doing this in week two. Some 0-2 teams, uh, famously like 10% of teams that go 0-2 actually make the playoffs. You kind of get one every other year, basically. Might be more with the new season. But those nine teams that I mentioned, the New England Patriots, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Denver Broncos, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Houston Texans, the Arizona Cardinals, my Vikings, your Bears, and the Carolina Panthers. Of those teams, which one, I'll let you go first, uh, and have first right of refusal on setting your own son on fire. Which one of those would you, uh, are, are, do you want to count out? Who's Who are you ripping? Well, I think you could count out about half of them, right? I mean, there's uh-huh.
1: a few of these teams. It's just like, we know who the really bad teams are in the NFL. We know that just aren't going to do this, right? Yeah, exactly. And then there's a few of those other two teams, I'm sure we'll get to that are, that it feels like their record doesn't quite reflect who they are. So, I mean, of course, I, I think I have to say, my uh, Chicago bears are one of these only two teams. that's not just going to all of a sudden become a playoff team. All of a
0: sudden, they're going to win. Gonna it's going to let you have the shotgun so you can put your own dog down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
1: appreciate that. I wish there was <laughs> the Vikings to rip your team. And then you could say the bears and rip my team, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that would have been spicier. Yeah. But no, I mean, the, the bears will win some games at some point and the sky won't be falling entirely, but uh, this is a team that's not making the kind of progress they needed to in year two under Matt Eberflus and offensive coordinator, Luke Getzey, Justin Fields not developing and taking the steps forward that the team wanted to see in year three. A lot of the additions they made this year to try and get things, you know, better around Justin Fields on both sides of the ball have not panned out the way that they expected. And that's kind of where the hype and the expectation came for the Bears being, you know, people threw them out as like a sneaky team that maybe could go on a run, or Justin Fields is a dark horse MVP candidate. Like that was all predicated on, oh, this signing will be good. This trade will be good, these draft picks will be good. The system will be good. The coaches will be good. and The quarterback will be better. And therefore, everything will be fine. And uh, we've had maybe one of those things happen across the board there, if that, at this point.
0: Yeah, and with the Bears, my question, because, I mean, going into this season, I think you and I talked about this earlier on Locked on NFL, about, like, what's the expectation here? And it was never that they were going to suddenly be this, like, Super Bowl contender. This was a long-term build that was always going to kind of be still something of a work in progress. But my question is, are we even there? Or even with the expectation of just a work in progress, are we going, uh, maybe this whole build isn't working out at all and we need to try something new like on the whole? Or is this a moment where you have to tell Bears fans, just be patient, let this thing come together and it's not finished yet?
1: No, I, I think there was so much of that like that pivotal timeline here where you know, the Bears had the number one overall pick and could have got a replacement quarterback and said no. We're gonna go all in on Fields this season. And at the end of his contract, you know, I guess late in his rookie contract, see how this year's goes, and then ultimately decide on the future there. And it's like, okay, it's year two in the offense. Like this was supposed to be the the time when certainly, like you said, not Super Bowl contender, but like a lot of the excuses and a lot of the sort yeah. of like, got explain- DJ Moore now. You've got a top ten pick at tackle now. Yeah, yeah, and certainly, like, there, there's something to be said about the things that they thought would solve those excuses, not solving those excuses and not falling on, you know, the general manager and, and the, and the coaching staff to some degree, but also like fields is not taking the steps separately from everything else around him. You know, you can point to like, even just individually him in the pocket decision-making his with ball accuracy and stuff mm-hmm. that are just not, not working either. And you get to this timeline again, where next year bears have two first round picks again and a bunch of cap space. And can they make the same decision again of, you know, trade down, not draft a quarterback. I, I think, you're looking at kind of a all or nothing decision with, with him at least. And then you evaluate the coaching staff and the GM separately from
0: that. Yeah. And you have to do like the, you you have to make the 50 year option decision with Justin Fields now. And that's going to mean, you know, I mean, how, how long-term is this guy? Or are we saying, you know what? We traded up. We got a first round pick quarterback. It didn't work out. Let's not dwell on it. Let's go get our next guy. Shoot. I didn't even do that. If I'm Ryan poles, right. That was the last guy. Let me go get my own guy. Or do we say, this is all Luke his fault. Let's keep rolling with fields. The problem is it's,
1: it feels like it's both right now. And so how do you solve, you okay. evaluate one when you feel like the other one's not doing a great job either. Like it, you can kind of look at both separately and say, yeah, that's not great. And, oh, that's not great either. So you can them both and start totally fresh. And then the head coach picked the offensive coordinator and his defense isn't very good either. So you can everybody. And then the GM picked all them. So yeah, it, it, it's like, how far do you keep going up the chain?
0: Yeah. And for me, for me, I mean, the most fun team to to rip would be the Bears. I'm not going to do the Vikings. I can't I can't bring myself to do it yet. Uh, And there's actually some we'll talk about. There's some reasons to maybe think that it's not quite over for them. But there's so many easy answers to this in the the Panthers and the Texans and the Cardinals that are other teams that went in going. We're not serious like we're going for a quarterback or we just drafted a quarterback. Like if you're a Texans fan, you just hope CJ Stroud looks all right. You know, and same thing with like the Panthers. Uh Cardinals are just like angling for a Caleb Williams. Like, we get it. Uh and I'm gonna be a little bit less lame. And I'm gonna say the New England Patriots at 0-2. I'm sticking a fork in them. They're done. Uh they look like they are just too mid to pull out of any sort of hole. If they started 2-3-0, and you know, and they like like gr- gritted out a couple of wins. I could see them, you know, if they get to a point where, hey, just go 500 from here on out and we make the playoffs, like I could see them accomplishing that. But for a team that's kind of got to like run a whole bunch of these together, I don't know. It's hard to count out Bill Belichick, but it's not hard to count out Mac Jones (laughs) and the offense that they have put together just doesn't have a lot of juice. I, I, I know that's not like the most helpful analysis, but like I'm sorry Devonte Parker isn't doing it for me. And when you are that sort of death by a thousand cuts, be this methodical, march down the field kind of team, still kind of feels like they want to be the Tom Brady thing where it's we're just efficient and and you know, we're the like this kind of cold well-oiled machine. Um and when you do that, you have to play completely mistake-free. And the the, the heyday of the Patriots, that was their superpower. It was that they never screwed up ever and you never got any opportunities. Um, this is not that team anymore. It's younger. It's more experienced. It doesn't have the same leadership. Doesn't have Tom Brady. Mistakes are going to be made. And when you don't have the explosiveness, you can't overcome mistakes. And I don't see the Patriots becoming a perfect well-oiled machine. Like it's 2014 again, uh, anytime soon. I think that the Patriots are done for. And I think we start kind of asking about how many years Bill Belichick has left as a coach, I mean, he'll be allowed to retire whenever he wants to, right? But he's getting up there. And how long does he have, you know, eight and nine seasons in him or potentially worse? Yeah.
1: It it feels to me like another example of like general manager Bill Belichick getting in the way of head coach Bill Belichick, where like, (laughs) this ain't that the story, story, huh? But like, that offense feels like kind of an island of misfit toys and and rejects. It's like, oh, the wide receiver the Dolphins did want, plus the tight end the Dolphins didn't want Mike just right Mike Kosicki yeah the the wide receiver that the Chiefs and, and Steelers didn't want all that much and, and Juju Smith-Schuster at that point mm-hmm. the receiver that the, the 49ers didn't want all that much in Kendrick Bourne like it was kind of like uh we'll take you all in but like none of those guys are really that good even Zeke Elliott you know the running back the Cowboys didn't want <laughs> it's a bunch of guys that are just <laughs> exactly and in New England but that doesn't make them good it's a lot of rejects there and yeah that that was tough the, the personnel can only go take you so far with a quarterback like Mac Jones too that isn't gonna necessarily elevate the level of play of everybody around him.
0: So last year, the Cincinnati Bengals started 0-2 and everybody had the same conversation about that. Are they done? Can they turn it around? And lo and behold, make it all the way to the AFC championship game. So it can be done. We can be proven wrong. We are just podcasters. So let's talk about maybe who can do that, uh, which will come next. And then we'll also do yike and like of the week.
1: This episode of Lockdown NFL is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical, the makers of the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. It's a great way to stay prepared and always have medication nearby in case of an emergency. I recently just got my own Jace case, and it's great. It comes with all the different kinds of antibiotics that you need for any kind of situation. You know, there's been supply chain issues trying to get the antibiotics or any kind of infection. And sometimes you haven't been able to get them as quick as you want from the doctor, even when you're sick. The nice thing about the jace case, I've got them now. So if I'm sick in the future, I don't even have to go into the clinic to wait to meet with the doctor, to then get a prescription, and then go pick it up while I'm feeling like crap the whole time. My jace case has them ready for me right now. It's super easy. You get ongoing care from their jace case physicians on any treatment related questions. You just fill out an online form. And in some cases, you jump on a quick call with a board certified physician, and boom. Get your Jace case headed right to you, and when you order with Jace Medical, you can save more than three hundred and sixty dollars by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical. Plus, you'll get an additional twenty dollars off if you use our promo code "Locked On" at checkout on JaceMedical.com. That's J A S E Medical.com. Promo code "Locked On." This episode of Lockdown NFL is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And now is a great time to get started on FanDuel if you've never tried it before. Because new customers, all you got to do is bet $5, and you're going to get $200 given to you in bonus bets guaranteed. Literally, you just place a $5 bet on anything. A spread, money line, a game pick straight up, whatever you want. You a prop bet for coach of the year for first coach to get fired, maybe one of these 0 and 2 teams, maybe not even flew Chicago Bears, Brandon Staley, Los Angeles Chargers, a few different uh-huh. options there. $5 is all you need to put down. And then FanDuel is going to literally give you $200 win or lose. And so why why wait? If you've been thinking about trying FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Head on over to fanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with America's number one sports book, FanDuel official partner of the NFL.
0: Thank you all again so much to our hashtag everydayers who listen to locked on NFL every single day. You can of course find the locked on NFL podcast Monday through Friday with a different cast of characters hosting each day. So there's always going to be something for you. Uh, Let's 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 get a little more positive. Lauren, let's get some sunshine and puppies and talk about some of these teams that maybe we don't need to uh, count out right away. Um, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to be a Homer, but I'm going to let you go first. If you want to pick somebody else, I'm going to play a dangerous game
1: that uh, historically hasn't, hasn't panned out super, super well, but the, I still believe in the Los Angeles chargers, you know, fool me. Oh my God. Fool me. once, shame on me. Fool me every single season (laughs) shame on you, but like, we, listen, when you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert, he finds ways to
0: make it happen.
1: I know they play your
0: Vikings. They, yeah, they got to have more in them, right? Well, and you, it's been like it two tough games, like two tough close ones. I get it, yeah. They, they played a really
1: good Miami Dolphins team in week one. And then, you know, certainly the Titans game was a, a lot more concerning. But I see, you know, the Vikings on the schedule and then the Raiders should be a fairly easy matchup. And then they got a bye week in week five. And it feels like that's the time where even if they're, you know, two and three at, at that point, take a deep breath, reevaluate things, relax. Like I do believe in Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator. I think they are making progress offensively. I still feel like Brandon Staley can be a good defensive coordinator, but there are plenty of teams that if he gets fired by the chargers, would love to have him back as their D coordinator. Maybe he's not a great head coach in the head coaching role, but like, he, he knows defense and has been involved in very successful defenses. And they do have some talent on that side of the ball. Like they should be able to get more out of those guys. And to me, like it's not like it's not like the bears or something where there was expectations that maybe weren't really all that warranted. Cause Oh, it turns out the talent actually wasn't that good. Like you look at the chargers team, that is a better football team than what we've seen on paper. And I know there's chargers bad luck. I'm certainly not thinking that they're going to go to the super bowl or anything, but the chargers, as much as they have the bad luck, they always have the bad luck when things are going well. Right. So I think they're going to find a way to figure things out and then maybe blow it at the end, but they don't, they never like totally stink. Chargers bad luck is not like lions or Brown's bad luck where nothing can go right. Chargers bad luck is (laughs) they're going right. And then something goes wrong. So I think they're going to figure out how to get something right. Again, things have to go right before they can really go terribly wrong.
0: Yeah. With the chargers, you have to feel like something is being wasted. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, the only thing is with Brandon Staley for me that that gives me pause because I, I agree with everything else. But with Brandon Staley. I This is coming from the offseason. I listened to the play callers, the Jordan Rodrigue series at the Athletics. Phenomenal if you haven't listened to it. Um, And it they talk briefly about Brandon Staley kind of being the guy that Sean McVay brings in to try to fix like the Fangio problem and kind of get on the right side of that and say, well, this is the the. Um, the scheme that sort of figured us out. So let's bring him in, not only because that defense seems to be really successful right now, but because we want to go against it a whole bunch and try stuff and figure out how to beat it. Uh And that was super successful in, in LA because they had Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. And I have, I, I have yet to see Brandon Staley really put together a consistently successful defense that doesn't have specifically Aaron Donald on it. And I'm not even saying good pass rush. They got Khalil Mack over there, right? They got Joey Bosa. They got edge rushers but can he do it without specifically Aaron Donald and the way that he wrecks games is still like a question. And I don't know if he has an answer to that. And I think that might lead to him um, not making it to the end of the season, but that also is not, preclusive to a playoff appearance we might see an interim head coach in the playoffs if it's you know the chart i mean shoot sneak into the seventh seed with interim whoever like i i could see that of anybody doing that that is the exact kind of char- chaos i can expect out of the chargers
1: inter interim head coach kellen moore would be a lot of fun but i, I do think that's a really good point that like when i think about the fan geo defense like having that elite three technique pass pressure is almost more important than having great edge rushers like you need both but like i think back to Fangio and Staley in Chicago with Akeem Hicks being really such a driving force of that group. And, and yeah, you kind of seen that across the board when Denver struggled deep with, with Fangio. They didn't really have, they, they had Von Miller and Bradley Chubb and they still couldn't get the defense going because they didn't have quite enough interior pass rush. So that's, I think that's a very valid observation and concern. I, I do wonder though, yeah, does, does an interim head coach sneak the Chargers into the playoffs? And then of course, something's going to go horribly wrong in that first playoff game and they're going to absolutely. Look,
0: Raiders did it. It's been done now. You know, you fire Brandon Staley and the new guy comes in and they're the first thing he's going to say is Raiders did it. We can do this, guys. And they've got a lot of talent, um, but there's a comeback that needs to be made. So I'm going to be a huge homer uh, and go with the Minnesota Vikings as a team that that you can't count out yet. Will they make the playoffs? I, I think they'll be on the bubble, right? I think they can go back and get close. But there was there's a great piece by uh, our mutual enemy, uh, Arif Hasan, who. Has his Substack, Wide Left Substack. He wrote a piece about this um, and about like kind of uh, this reason for for optimism. And the key stat in it was EPA not including turnovers, which is kind of unfair, right? Turnovers happened and they're your fault. You got to eat them. And the argument was not the Vikings should have won those games, but but the argument was moving forward. Um, turnovers are not as um, predictive, right? And. Of all of the 0 2 teams in the past that have made the playoffs, including last year's Bengals, uh, and I believe there was a Super Bowl team not long ago that did that. Um, of all of those teams, the ones that were successful were the ones that were like good in this stat. And the Vikings were third best in history in that. There is something for you, right? For all of the sustainability nonsense we had to put up with last year, we get to do it the other way around. Um but I think looking at it more practically than that and why they have lost, it is an inherently fixable problem. They have lost on turnovers and those turnovers have been almost exclusively fumbles. That is a fixable thing. Hang on to the ball, work on ball security. That's something you can really, you can work on. You can emphasize and get out of there, working on it with the punter Turner, work on it with everybody who touches the ball, the quarterback, the receivers, the running backs, everybody work on it with the linemen. I don't care. Um, everybody, nobody gets to drop a ball. You drop a ball, you do 25 pushups. That's in, in any scenario, you do not get to drop a ball. And eventually that problem will kind of go away. Plus there's the actual like fumble luck. Um, All of that feels like a team that has is good, but has sabotaged itself. And a team that is good, but has sabotaged itself is always the team that get that is absolutely, excuse me. That is absolutely what the uh 2022 Bengals were. And so for following that formula, I feel like the Vikings can be the team that makes the turnaround. It does
1: feel to me like the Vikings are another team with some similar Chargers energy where again, oh, like yeah. where never... God hates yeah. them. Yeah. But but the Vikings' curse is never, oh, they're terrible. It's we think they might be good and then they ultimately prove us
0: wrong. They've and... got to get your hopes up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so they still have to get to the get your hopes up part. And this is right. especially with with Kirk Cousins. Like I know there's a team that's sort of like halfway between Transitioning and rebuilding, and also trying to win now. And they've kind of been in this weird sort of turning over the roster, but still trying to win now mode that makes this precarious. But Kirk Cousins is still like a fine quarterback who can win them football game. When you have Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, you're going to do a lot better than, than the 0 2 team that we started, and especially because it's not like their offensive line is absolutely horrendous. And I do think, you know, there's still, it takes some time for this new defensive scheme to kind of really settle in with their players, even though they're, I think there's some real talent deficiencies there. Like they're going to be a much better team than they are right now, even if I don't believe in them making a deep playoff run or anything.
0: Vikings-Lions, week 16 and week 18 of this year. Whew. Call that a series for a win and in And I think you probably can get pretty... Because if, if those teams are within two games of each other, you know, you can call that series like, okay, the division comes down to this. And unless the Packers decide they're going to be frisky about it or the Bears find some kind of turnaround, it feels like that's the division. It kind of has felt like that's the division even going back to preseason. Um, so I, I feel like everything else is just kind of getting yourself in position for that um before we head out we would like to give you a like a yike and a like of the week something we enjoyed something that made us say yike so that's coming up next
1: this episode of lockdown nfl is brought to you by our friends at prize picks the better way to do daily fantasy sports Price picks is better because it puts you in complete control. You're not trying to go up against 10,000 lineups from 10,000 other people to try and be your you know, your, your lottery ticket chance of beating on everybody else and having to have the perfect lineup. Price picks, you're just putting your wits against the projections right in the house. You pick up two to six players, and whether they will do more or less than their price picks projection, and you can win up to 25 times your money just on your picks. We were talking about one, Kirk Cousins, for example, this week, it's 27, 200, 277 and a half passing yards. Will he do more or less? Or Justin Herbert, 295.5. Can he be a 300-yard passer this week? You combine those picks, you make your picks right, you're getting 25 times more money back. It's a lot more fun, gives you some stakes in these games that you might not otherwise care about. Maybe those boring Monday night games didn't do it for you. But if you had some prize picks players in those games, all of a sudden you're tuned in and engaged. You got to check it out for yourself. Head on over to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use our promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's an extra hundred dollars to play with for free at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL promo code locked on NFL price picks daily fantasy sports made easy.
0: Moving right along with this locked on NFL podcast episode here with Lauren Cox. I'm Luke Braun. Let's do yike and like of the week. Lauren, something that made you say yike, something that made you say, I like that. Uh, Any order, we don't care. Do you have anything off of the top of your mind?
1: Yeah, normally I I try really hard to not, you know, just go to the Bears thing that I know. Right. But but I I think there was a yike in the Bears game. This is is
0: a place to do it. You know, like we, we got a Bears representative on the national show. Talk your talk.
1: Well, I just think there was, a, there was a yike in the Bears game that was going viral around Bears Twitter, but I don't know that it made it to the rest of the NFL. But in the fourth quarter against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bears are down seven or six. It's a one-possession game. Justin Fields has the ball like back up his own 10-yard line or so is where they're starting that drive. Bears come out. Uh, they call a screen pass to the running back. Uh, one of the defensive ends jumps the snap count too early, gets after Fields. He just has to throw it away. You know, play's called offside, just called back, whatever. Bears come out for play number two, another running back screen. This one, they get it to the running back. He catches it and runs, but there's a flag because Chase Claypool thought it was a running play and was run blocking down the field. So they get backed up to like their own five yard. Third play now, same screen play, three plays in a row, same formation. The second one, they rotated, they, they did a pre-snap motion, but otherwise, same formation, same screen play. This one's picked off pick six because the defense and Levante David said afterwards, it was the same formation. It was the same play call, three plays in a row. We knew what they were calling, like we we knew what the play was going to be, and it was the game deciding interception. And so it's just a big yikes of like guy playing Madden and really trying to make sure this is the right play call. Oh, it's going to work if I just call it. It's going to work one of these times, and uh, just absolutely disastrous there. And of course, it goes down as a pick six on Fields' a is field's, a fields' stat sheet when he's just trying to throw a screen pass and an edge rusher makes a one handed catch. I mean, there's only so much he can do in that at that point when the same play call comes in three
0: times in a row. And that's crazy. And that is not something that was just noticed by observers. That has been discussed in the media by the Bears. Yeah. Uh, the offensive coordinator himself hasn't specifically addressed that yet, but I'm expecting we're
1: going to hear from him this week.
0: I thought okay. we had an Eberflus quote. Am I wrong?
1: There were there was like there was sort of like a yeah there was some spacing and timing issues, but we didn't get like oh, a, okay. a very definitive answer. It was like yeah, the timing has got to be better on that play is what he said. But he didn't gotcha. get yeah okay calling it three times in a row. It was just like. You've been calling a lot of screens kind of kind of conversation.
0: Well, I'll get my yike out of the way as well. It comes from the Monday Night Football game that you and I just finished watching between the Steelers and Browns. Um, there were a lot of yikes, like yikes worthy things in that game. Of course, Nick Chubb going down with a horrific knee injury. Uh, that is a terrible, terrible news Um considering that it was the same knee that he injured in college and it looked really, really gnarly. looks like there's going to be a lot of structural damage. I hope that we get an MRI with good news and it's actually just a sprain and we got lucky or something like that. But I, I'm not holding my breath, but my yike actually goes later in that game. Uh, The Browns are down four points after giving up their second defensive touchdown of the day. It is fourth down and seven and Deshaun Watson escapes and throws a pass to Donovan Peoples-Jones, that is totally uncatchable. To to borrow a phrase from JT O'Sullivan, is a never-in-history ball. That thing is closer to a cheerleader. And the broadcast goes absolutely nuts because there's a jersey tug by Joey Porter Jr., who's in coverage on Donovan Peoples-Jones, saying that should have been PI. That should have been PI. If that is not an uncatchable pass, which I believe is where that call is going to be, or the refs just missed it, either way, But if if we can't all agree that that one was uncatchable, I mean, that thing was going to hit the Gatorade cooler, then we just got to get rid of the uncatchable part of P.I. And also Deshaun Watson, put that thing in play, dude. You're making like 70 million dollars a year or whatever it is now that they restructured. Dude, put the ball in bounds. Yikes.
1: It was a lot of, there was a lot of yike in that game, but yeah, it, it, it doesn't get much uglier than that, especially... It's always the second one of the Monday night games that tends to be the... Yeah, ugly one a little one.
0: later at night. It's, then, you know, East Coast teams, too, so it's, like, extra late for them.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, two ugly football teams right now, too, that's for sure.
0: I, I'm going to do a like, as well, that uh, our good buddy David Harrison is going to love. How about Sam Howell, man? He has come out so strong. Uh 2-0 and Washington Commanders going up against the Denver Broncos defense, almost 300 yards, 299, a couple of scores. But here's what I really like about it. Nine different Washington Commanders got more than one reception. And 10 different Commanders players got a reception. Uh, everybody, two or three receptions. The ball spread around. Lots of different options. That means you're going through your progressions. You're finding what's open. You're not just honing in on one guy. That is a healthy offense. And that can take you places even when you're not supposed to go places. And that feels like what the commanders are trying to prove that they can do. It has been against the Cardinals and the
1: Broncos who may be no good, but I love celebrating it while we can. Cause we know with young quarterbacks like that. Yeah.
0: And it's you gotta it, take it strength you got it. of competition be damned. It's just a functional thing that you can, hey, hey, I can get the ball to a bunch of different guys, you know, like, look, this works and we'll see what happens when it you know, gets stiffer opposition. But look, here it is proof of concept. This thing can happen. Yeah, I, 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 my problem is that I've, I've been burned by oh, a young North Carolina quarterback coming
1: in and looking good for a couple games against bad teams. Like I've seen, I've seen that one before. But really, oh, look at Jordan Love just
0: wrecked those Bears. Everything will surely be
1: great. <laughs> I'm certainly rooting for Sam Howell and want him to be successful. I don't mean to poo-poo on his, yeah, his success there. Just uh, some battle scars there.
0: Good moment uh, for him as a fifth round, second year player too. Go in, yeah. operate a functional offense. Now let's, you know, put a defense on him and see what happens. Absolutely. I'll throw in one, one quick
1: like for me. I, I do like to make sure that we celebrate when players do really well. And I'll, I'll say T.J. Watt setting the franchise record
0: yeah.
1: in 89 games. He's had 81 and a half sacks. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, and plus he had his first career touchdown. I saw that he has. He and Alex Highsmith have as many touchdowns as the Steelers offense this season, which is a little bit of a yike, but also a nice like for, for T.J. Watt. And I'll say like on a personal oh, – Matt Canada. I, I, I knew T.J. Watt in college a little bit. I interviewed him a number of times. And like he's a good person in addition to a really, really good football player. And so uh, he's easy to root for, and I'm, I'm very happy for his success.
0: Very easy to root for the Steelers uh, on Monday night for a number of reasons. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to Locked On NFL. Tomorrow you, you get uh, Tony and James getting up to whatever they always get up to. Uh, for Lauren Cox, I am Luke Braun. Thank you all again for listening to the Locked On NFL podcast, part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day.